Hey, this is Steve. And this is Ryan. And you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, breaking, fixing, restoring, watching, playing, flipping, playing, <laughs> touching, podcast. caressing, <laughs> massaging, <laughs> <laughs> enjoying and hating podcast. <laughs> Probably more hating than enjoying. Anything you can do to, with, or around a guitar is what we talk about hopefully yeah well you know, i we're trying to say we're trying to stay uh family friendly here. that's true we do not have an explicit rating on itunes right so. even though sometimes i've said the ass word <laughs> uh, so speaking of that word um the uh the one of the women at our church has written a a musical play for christmas uh-huh called and it's called like Something about uh, like. Does it have an ass reference? Yeah, it's like it's called like the wise ass. <laughs> I like uh, it, and it's the Christmas story, like the actual Jesus Christmas story. Uh huh. Um, about a, told, a knowledgeable, told and from the well, wisdomful donkey. Well, it's it's all of the events of surround that surround the nativity being told from the perspective of like a donkey at the manger scene. Nice, something like that. Yeah. Um. And so it's kind of like a play on words. Like, is he a wise ass or is he a wise ass? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, uh, with that, let's let's welcome all the new listeners. Yes. Uh, welcome. We, our last two episodes, we... Bienvenidos. Yes. Bienvenue. <laughs> our last... V- Vilkomen. <laughs> yes, go Gu- on. Guten Tag. That's all I know. <laughs> I only know those because they're all up on the walls at the zoo. Uh, Kamichiwa? Um... Is that, that hello? Is that hello? I don't know. I think so. Um, uh, our last two episodes, we had a guest, a guest guy, uh, Daniel Tyak of Salvage Custom, and he got us a ton of new listeners. Yeah. So thanks to Daniel. Thanks to everyone who's new. Uh, we've got Daniel had us get on the Instagram, and he was chatting us up and talking about us, and so now we have. About like 450 followers on there. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Uh, our listenership has like tripled. Yeah. From between like episode 17 and episode 19, it tripled. So thanks and welcome. Yeah, and welcome. And we got a lot more chatter on the Facebook group. So yeah, that's awesome. If you're not on the Facebook group, get on there and interact with us and uh, tell us how terrible or great you think we are in public where yeah. everyone can see. Yeah. Where everyone can make fun of us. Yeah. Uh, I think my, my wife reminded me that I need to apologize because uh, in, what was it, episode 18? Yeah. It was the first day that the fires started in San Diego, and I might have made a couple jokes and made light of it and and thought it wasn't a big deal. And then later that night, most of the county was on fire. So it kind of made me sound like a big dick. Yeah, and a homeless person died. Oh, really? Yeah. I heard that they found a body. I didn't know it was a homeless person. I think it was a homeless person. Well, you know, like, they push all the homeless people out of the suburban malls and into the canyon space. So Right. It's, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But yeah, I think it was. They said it was like a homeless person. They're sure it's not like a body the mop was trying to hide oh, or something gosh. like that. I'm gonna get in trouble again. <laughs> I like how this apology has turned into a joke. I know, right? Well, that's no joke. The mob really does hide bodies, Steve. Do we have a mob in San Diego? Yeah. No, well, I'm not gonna talk about them. I don't want to. I don't want to get on their list. 
right. There's mobs everywhere, Steve. There's always some kind of that's true underground, like financial crime syndicate. Yeah, haven't like, you ever read like a comic the Black book? Sun. I don't. I'm not familiar. Never. I've been watching too much Star Wars. Oh, okay. that's all you need to know. All right. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what is so, this, a Star Wars podcast? So what's new with you, Steve? So uh, for you guys that are on either Instagram or the Facebook group, you uh-huh. saw uh, that I got a new guitar this week. You sure did. How much and, did that cost uh, you? It cost me my favorite price, free fitty. Damn, dude. Uh, basically, this guy, I was. Uh, this was Thursday, I think. Yeah. I think it was Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday. And uh, yeah, it was Thursday. And I'm getting ready to go to lunch. And I'm trying to decide where I want to go to lunch. So I'm sitting there at work and I'm just put on Craigslist and uh, I see this ad free PV guitar and I click on it and it's a PV with a Telecaster body style and I recognize it right away. It's a PV generation. Uh-huh. It's either a PV generation or a PV reactor. I forget. I at the time couldn't remember what the difference was. But both the generation and reactor were uh, from when PV was making guitars in the United States, like in the late '80s, early '90s. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And it's free. And the guy spelled PV wrong. He left out the A. <laughs> uh, probably forgot how it was spelled because the headstock is sanded off. Yeah, he got a little crazy on the neck with the sandpaper. Yeah. So, um, but basically, it was a free guitar, and the only stipulation was that. He didn't want to sell it to somebody who was going to turn around or he didn't want to give it to somebody uh, to someone who was just going to turn around and sell it. Yeah. He didn't want to see it flipped on Craigslist the same day. Yeah. Sort of so thing. I looked at it and then I think I sent the link to you, but you were, I think you were recording. on. Yeah. That. I was in the studio and, um, and like 10 minutes later I called him and I was like, Hey, I'm calling about the guitar ad you posted half an hour ago is the guitar still available and he's like yeah he's like so i just want to make sure like you're not going to sell it i'm like no you know i'm not going to sell it i'm a, i'm either going to play it well one i'm going to fix it up if it needs to be fixed up and i'm either going to play it or because ryan and i both play in church and i actually i play at we both play at the same church and then i lead uh youth group music at another church mm-hmm. so i told him like either i'm gonna play it or i'm gonna find like a kid who will play it right and like it, it will get played either way and and the guy was super stoked about it cool uh i told him like i'm going on my lunch break right now i can come and get it and i went down and i got it how far away was it um probably i don't know what the distance was i told him 10 minutes so it's probably 10 15 minute wow. drive it was down in like uh, off of Marina Boulevard, like just south of Claremont gotcha. Drive. So you sucked up your whole lunch break to go do this. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I think yeah. I ended up being gone a total of like 45 minutes, but well, that's not so bad. That's not bad. It was yeah. like I said, it was like maybe 10, 15 minutes down. And then I went and grabbed some food afterwards and, and went back to work. Like I just picked it up and, and then ate at my desk. Gotcha. So. That's some pro level Craigslisting right yeah, there. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of great deals. Um, but this was kind of crazy. So, uh, actually, this is the guitar. I'm going yeah. well, to strum a few didn't, chords. Didn't someone ask you to not play it until... Oh, yeah. So, uh, over on... So, I'm a... In addition to all of my various guitar groups on Facebook that I'm in, uh, I've been on the uh, Christian Guitar Resource, which is christianguitar.org uh-huh. slash forums. 
for like 15, not 15 years, like 13 years. Wow. Old timer, uh, huh? Yeah. And uh, so I was talking about this guitar on there. And one of the guys, a couple of the guys on there, uh, Ruben and Andrew, uh, were like, hey, which both of those guys are in the Facebook group now, too, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, we're like, hey, you should plug it in and play it on the podcast, like your first time plugged in. So I strung it up last night, which was kind of a trick in itself because one of the saddles is wrong. Right. And I won't get into the details, but it, it was really hard to string up, just that one string. Right. Um, but here we go. These uh, we'll talk about the features of this guitar after I play it, but this is the neck pickup. Uh, this is the middle position. I'm not a good guitar player. <laughs> and then this is a bridge pickup. And uh, yeah, so this is a guitar. I'm a big neck pickup guy, so yeah. that's kind of my go-to. Is the, again, this is the neck. The bridge on this is really bright, but I'm not sure if that's... I don't know if that's the nature of the pickup because this guitar didn't come with pickup springs. <laughs> so the bridge pickup isn't really very... It's pretty far away from the springs and I have no way to adjust it. It does sound bright, but it doesn't sound crazy Telecaster bright. It sounds kind of Strat brighty. Yeah, yeah. So uh, these pickups are... The neck just... It sounds really good. Yeah. This is our first time actually playing actual guitar on the podcast, too. So hopefully it doesn't sound like crap. Yeah. I mean, I've got a 57 set up on uh, a Princeton Reverb. Yeah. So, and we're just going direct. So there's the no gear pedals. is all good. Um, I'm going to put this down for a second. Sure. I'm going to put this down and just talk about the guitar. Uh, so there's no pickup springs. Which means they can't be adjusted. Right. Uh, the jack has been recently replaced. And uh, so we actually, we plugged it in and like just beforehand just to make sure sound would come out. Yeah. And I couldn't get sound to come out. And then I popped the jack like a little bit and it, sound came out. So I think it might be like a stereo jack. That's just, I'll have to adjust, fix it. Or, right. Probably just get in there I with could, some pliers and rebend the little yeah, thing. Yeah, I could bend it or I could just uh, w wire both of the uh, leads together on the inside and basically convert a stereo jack to a mono uh, jack. Oh, yeah. I should be able to do that. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's probably a stereo jack that's wired wrong. But the uh, the pickups are PV, they, it's PVHCS, which it stands for uh, Hum Canceling, Hum Canceling System. Um, so these are noiseless pickups. They sound really good. I don't have a lot of experience with noiseless pickups. Um, I know a lot of strap players who were for, like trying to convert from Gibson Les Pauls or whatever uh -huh. are all about the noiseless pickups. And then strap purists, this is a Telecaster, but Telecaster right. body, but single coil purists are all about like, oh no, you got to get that. If you yeah. don't have a little bit of hum, then, then what's even the point? Right. Um, but to my ear, and I'm a big single coil guy, like, they sound like single coil pickups to me. Yeah, just off this little bit of playing, it sounds good to me. Yeah, and even actually, I feel like the middle position on this sounds better than yeah. other middle position uh, guitars I've played. The 
So yeah, there's no pickup springs. One of the saddles is messed up. I got to figure out what's going on with the jack. Yeah. The neck has been sanded down, and a buddy of mine who's really into these PV generation guitars and is one of the guys who originally turned me on to looking for uh, Made in America PVs uh-huh. years ago, which is why I even knew what this guitar was when I saw it. Um, he was saying that the finish on these guitars is really thin anyway. Um, but yeah, the the neck is sanded. The logo is mostly sanded off. If you look real closely, you can see where it looks like whoever was sanding, trying to sand the logo off, just gave up. <laughs> uh, so you can still kind of make out that it says PV gener or it says Generation Series. Uh, I believe this is a Generation Standard, from what I've been able to find. And I actually downloaded an old manual. I was kind of just feeling the neck around last night after I put strings on it. And it, the neck reminds me a lot of my uh, Fender Contemporary Standard Strat. Yeah. Which is a 12-inch radius with vintage... Uh, 12-inch radius fretboard with vintage frets. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's super. It's, it's a super fast player. And I have a feeling like if I was playing this generation standing up like with a strap it would feel super fast sitting down it all just feels the same to me yeah i picked it up and fiddled around with a little bit and the neck feels really really nice like it's got kind of a really fast feel like a little bit of a flatter fretboard uh kind of modern jumbo median frets going on really nice action really fills the hand nice it feels like it's going to be a great guitar yeah, I think... My, I mean, for the price. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> gosh. Um, so I think one of my favorite features about this guitar, though, is the body. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a Telecaster shape. Yeah. But it's got some interesting contours going on. The The top is actually like a, a really shallow carve. Yeah, it's got kind of like an ergonomic thing going on. Yeah, and then the the back has the belly cut that you would normally find on on a strat style body. Uh-huh. It just makes it super comfortable. My other Telecaster has um, the belly cut, but it's not uh, not contoured on the top at all. So you can kind of like rub your arm up. It starts to agitate my forearm after a while. Yeah. But this thing so far just it feels super comfortable. That's a player's guitar, man. Yeah, and it looks like it's been very well played. Uh huh. Uh, as it is um these guitars first came out around i want to say 1988 and i think this could be i I emailed pv to get parts and some serial so uh hopefully they'll send me back some information on the guitar um but uh i think this could be like an original edition so that we're talking about a 25 26 year old guitar yeah and it definitely it's got a bunch of dings in it where it looks like it's been dropped and whatever. And oh yeah, that's gonna happen. And so it definitely it looks old. Yeah, which is it's cool. Yeah, I think it's really neat. Yeah, that's a great that's a great it, Craigslist find. Yeah, right it's there. a great guitar for the price. Yeah, for uh, the price. For the price. Someone someone Sorry. on a on our Facebook group asked about the for the price thing. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, I think it, it might have been Ruben. Oh really? Yeah. Um, but these guitars, uh, so the last thing, these guitars, I was looking on eBay. Now mine is in like really rough condition, but you can, they actually sell in, in like mint near mint condition on eBay. Uh, I think the highest one I saw was like five or $600. Most of them go in the like three to $400 range. So price wise, um, 
this is like getting a Mexican strap for free. Yeah. Quality wise, I mean, it's an it's an American guitar. It's an American guitar. Yeah, I think it so from what little I've messed around with it. I think once I get all the parts in place, it's going to play like a like a seven or eight hundred dollar guitar sure. at least. I don't see any and reason again, why not. It was my favorite price, free fitty. Yeah, no kidding. You should send a link to this episode to that guy, and so he can hear us talk about it, and then he can be like, "Oh man, I wish I'd charged." <laughs> I don't. I don't have any contact with them. Oh, I really? called them. Oh, it was a phone number. Yeah, I just called them. Oh, oh wow! Because so we need to get business cards printed up or flyers <laughs> for when we do Craigslist pickups. We can yeah. like hand it to the guy and be like, "Hey, I do a podcast and I'm going to talk about this." Yeah. Craigslist pro tip: um, If you see something that's a really good deal and there's a phone number, call it. Yeah, like things that are really good deals go fast, and if you send an email, you're going to be like the fiftieth email. And if you call and the guy's just like inundated with emails, you're and, gonna you might be the first or second caller. Yeah, you people could be the first caller. Call. And the guy's got like twelve emails and he's like waiting. He's like emailed all the people back and waiting to reply for them them to reply. You call. In my case, I called them. I said, "Hey, I can. I'm about to go on my lunch break. I will come and get this right now if yeah. you're available." Twenty minutes late. You know, fifteen twenty minutes later, I got a new guitar. And the ad was, uh, I think I sent you the ad at like, at like noon uh-huh. and it was de- like, he took it down as I think before I even picked it up, he took the ad down. Yeah. I, so. I saw the message with the ad and I clicked it and it was down. I was like, Oh, I don't know what that he was talking about. Yeah. And then like two hours later I saw that you were posting pictures of this guitar. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, he got a guitar. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> New so, guitar day. Uh, yeah, indeed. Yeah. I gotta throw this up on the GTP dubs and and see if I'll if I get a bunch of like boutique snobs. Hate. Oh my gosh! I gotta put it up on Telecaster Tuesday. Yeah, wait, just wait till Tuesday comes. Oh, around. I should have put it up yesterday as Free Guitar Friday. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, jump into some ads. Yeah, let's jump into some ads. Uh, I'm thinking we'll yeah we'll we'll hit two of these real quick and then we'll spend some time on the other one. Sure. Uh. You found an ad that you that you sent to our email and I printed out for a PV Valve King two by twelve guitar tube combo amp. Are these tube guitars? They are. I mean, tube amps. Yeah, they are. They're made in China, but they uh, are. This thing. Okay, he here's a description for sale. I have a PV blah 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 two by twelve tube amp that I dropped and broke it. It's not turning on. Good for parts. This doesn't look like it was dropped. No. This I mean, looks like something else crazy heavy was dropped on top of it. If this was dropped, it was like, well, this was dropped off of the back of a pickup truck. I don't know. I can like, s- How far did he drop this well, thing? Well, that's what I'm saying. So the chassis is top mounted, so I can see why it would break the places that it broke if it was dropped like four or five feet i mean no kidding it's not turning on if it's a tube amp every tube is shattered i'm yeah, sure yeah uh he actually like, has a picture of the tube but i oh, there's no way the filaments are intact yeah the, the sides are collapsed and it's just resting on the speaker baffle yeah for what i can tell like one side like is broken in two spots and on the other side is broken in one spot it's in bad shape for 230 this is Stupid. Yeah, so I clicked on the ad because it was like just Valve King two two hundred thirty bucks, and I was like, huh. Yeah, I'm not really in the Valve King market. Like, I'm, 
but they're they're solid amps. And actually, I part of the reason I clicked on it is because uh, a podcast that we listened to talked about them this week, the GAK podcast. Uh huh. We'll talk about podcasts later. But, sure. Uh, that's what what got me interested in kind of revisiting the Valve King series. And uh, yeah, I opened this thing up, and I'm like, 230 bucks for an amp that doesn't play. What parts are you going to harvest off of this thing? You could maybe get 30 bucks for each speaker. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, uh, there you are could, cheap speakers. You would have to rebuild this cab and then figure out whatever was broken inside. Yeah. And then what, what, what do these go for? Use so pristine. New, so... One, I don't think PV makes at least this specific model anymore. I couldn't find any, uh-huh. but I did see some used, and they were all selling like three fifty to four hundred. That sounds about right um, in that range. Um, so half price on this thing for what's happened is not low enough. No, hold on, I need to adjust my mic because yeah, I, I keep talking across it, and I don't know how well it's being picked up. That's probably fine. Yeah, it probably is. Considering we ran an episode where all you could hear was me and your microphone, it's probably good enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the Valve King is kind of like a high high gain amp, and it's the first, as far as I know of, it's the first tube amps that PV started manufacturing in China, and I think that's why this thing broke the way it broke. Because if you look closely, you think China's to blame for this. Well, not being I don't I'm pretty sure China didn't show up and drop this guitar amp. Well, I'm pretty sure that it's the guy's fault it broke. Right. Um, but what I mean is that uh, a lot of your import amps are MDF back and sides. Right. And all the the side fractures here are definitely like classic MDF breaks. Right. It's Ikea furniture. Exactly. Inside. Yeah. Uh, if if this had been, you know, I, I have a feeling if we were to drop your amp, like the Princeton Reverb, off of something the same height, it'd probably break the tubes, but it would, yeah. the chassis would be intact. Like, we would be able to just swap the tubes well, out. Well, it would and be go a different break. It would break on the corners. Sure. Well, like, the, just the, joint, the joints would break apart. It, yeah, it wouldn't break like this. No. It'd be something that I think you could repair or at least live with maybe you know what this looks like it looks like it got crushed on each side like it got smashed like he backed into it and it got crushed in between his bumper and like a wall a brick wall or something like that <laughs> i have no idea it just it caught my eye and i was like geez man there's like yeah so many things wrong with this i would pay 50 dollars for this out of out of a curiosity to see if i could harvest the uh the head out of it right and like maybe rebuild it as a head. If I thought it was just tubes, I might risk a, as much as a hundred, but no more. And mm. and that'd have to be in a different situation, like like you said, like we're in a situation where you could rehouse it and yeah. do all that stuff. Um, condo living is not conducive to that. <laughs> all right, we're done with that. Uh, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith, as far as I know, is a new listener. Yeah. Uh, on the Facebook group, he goes by Jimmy Jr. Jimmy Jr. And I don't know oh, Jimmy if Jr. he's sick of hearing this or sick of hearing references, but every time you post Jimmy Jr., all I can think of is Tina from Bob's Burgers. Like, that's all I can think of. 
So uh, I just had to get that out there. Had to get it off my chest. I think we've got <laughs> an ad for our next episode from you too. Uh, but you sent us an ad for our Margasa Mini 2014 USA custom-made travel guitar with full Strat scale neck, and it's on Reverb.com. Uh, these are kind of neat looking. Yeah. Uh, they're around 400 bucks plus $22 shipping. And it looks like this guy will make them in a variety of styles for you. It's a full size, uh, like I said, strat neck with any kind of body shape you could think of really. And then a hard tile, hard tail, <laughs> hard tail strat, uh, bridge and a humbucker. Uh, the one that really caught my eye is the cloud shape, the Prince guitar. Right. That's kind of funny for a travel guitar. Uh, and it probably makes the most sense because it's got that long top horn. Yeah. Because these, you know, a guitar with a tiny body like that is going to be really neck heavy. But these look neat. I don't know if they look $400 neat for me. Well, you think about like... Uh What's I can't remember is a company called like Rhythm Traveler or whatever like the company that makes, uh, like they make basically these like travel guitars. Sure. Are you talking about like the headless ones? Yeah. Yeah. I think those are normally like three fifty, four hundred. Yeah. Those are crazy, over designed for travel guitars. Yeah. So these are a regular guitar neck, so you still have the length of the headstock. Right. And then the body isn't super minimalized like those guitars are. What are those called? I know Martin makes the backpacker. Yeah, no, there's a specific. Yeah, they're uh, they're, they're weird looking. Like the body is as small as it could possibly be. There's no headstock, and the strings go under the guitar to built-in tuners that are in the body. Yeah, it's kind of like the old, like you said, like the headless design. Yeah, like Steinberger would do. This um, is. I wonder how much smaller this even actually is compared to a regular guitar because with a full length neck you still have to have the bridge back long enough to accommodate the scale and you think about a strat and the the trim really isn't that far off of the back of the guitar you maybe get six inches this is really only like six or seven inches shorter than a regular guitar yeah it's just kind of i i mean i don't know really if there's something it's designed to fit into um I just kind of like the... I like some of the body shapes. Yeah. I like the one that's kind of... Um, I don't know what you would call it. Like maybe Dean... Like a Dean... Like the star guitar? A, yeah, that star guitar. Yeah. I thought that uh, that design was really cool. Um, it looks like he's got a bunch of templates for all kinds of different designs. Okay, so the the uh, the, the company's called Traveler. Okay. Traveler Guitar. And they've got acoustic... Travelers, they've got electric. Do they have travelers. acoustics now? Yeah. Show me, show me your phone real quick. Let me see the acoustic. If you Interesting. If you scroll down, it shows the different electric shapes. They've got bass shapes, so they are uh, they're really hammering the travel guitar market. They must be selling them. Yeah, I've never seen anyone play one, but they must be selling these. Well, if you think about it, like for for someone like me. If I was if I was in like marketing or uh -huh. some kind of like coast to coast sales, sure, something like the base traveler might be something I would want to get just so I can keep my chops up. Yeah, while I'm on the road. Now, you know, if you don't travel a lot, then this <laughs> I just threw Steve's phone. Just becomes a uh, 
a hobbyist thing. I'm sure there's guys who are kind of, you know, baby boomers who are retired to the RV and they just drive around the country or whatever. You know, maybe they want something. They want to throw a. They want to take a guitar because these are full full scale guitars. Yeah, they're just micro bodies with no you know with no headstock. So, have you, know, you seen the thing where people build homes as small as possible? Like they build like three hundred square yeah. foot homes. I could see someone hanging one of those guitars on the wall of one of those homes, and having the amp built into like the kitchen cupboard or something oh, like gosh. that. You know, you just have the amp. Uh, mounted in the window like an AC like unit. an AC unit <laughs> so you've got you've got a 300 square foot house you've got two windows on one side you've got the AC unit hanging out on the other side you have a Marshall half stack yes <laughs> yes with the no, no, actually, with the know, brackets to hold it no, up outside you, you don't you you just have the head in the window and then the Marshall half stack that's your dinner table yes yes or it's your couch and you put a cushion on it oh gosh no, it's your couch. It can be oh. your bed, and you can have a full stack. Yeah, that's your bed—a full stack. Just put your put put a mattress on top of it. Oh man! Or if you're a bass player, it could be your Ampeg. Oh, dude, eight by ten or whatever. Oh, I still want to be. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking logistically. I'm like, that's not tall enough for me. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. My feet would be hanging off the end. Most musicians could fit on an Ampeg eight by ten, though. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> because right. we're in high school. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. High school—they're smaller. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. We're not Whatever. making fun of short people. <laughs> okay. I don't think we are. No, I wasn't thinking. It's we fine were. to be Steve. It's fine to be short. All right, anyway. I swore that I wasn't going to make midget jokes about those guitars, but now here oh I am gosh. making fun of like like normal people who are just shorter than us. Look, yeah, well, I, I can live with that. I just don't want it where, you know, in a couple years when Peter Dinklage wins his Oscar, he's like, hey, 60 Cycle Hum, screw you guys. Oh, my gosh. I'd be so honored if he, Dude, Peter Dinklage if is he said something mean about us. I'd be like, yeah, right. someone someone said something about me, even yeah, though it was anybody, mean. Yeah, anyone. anybody. Hey, if you're famous and you want to say something mean about us on your Twitter because you've got a million followers. Yeah, say it. Say it. Make sure you post a link to 60cycleham.tumblr.com. <laughs> I, I always say that I'm fine with people saying whatever they want about me as long as it's true. Oh, like if, if there's something terrible I did. And you want to tell people, go ahead. Just don't make stuff up. Don't make stuff yeah. about terrible things that I did. If I you're going to make stuff up, say that I did something rad. Yeah, like, like, oh, gosh, that Ryan Burke. He is so tall and so blonde. What the heck? Yeah, what's wrong with that guy? Oh. <laughs> what a freak. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> okay, we've got one more ad. Yes. Uh, let's, let's blast this guy. Uh, Jeremy uh, Pagan? Pagan? Jeremy Pagan? How do I pronounce it's that name? Pagan. Jeremy Pagan. You know, that's a weird combination because Pagan is like a, it's a Latin name. Uh-huh. Uh, but Jeremy is a really white name, isn't it? Don't we know a black dude named Jeremy? Yeah. Well, it's like half. I don't, oh, I guess I do know a white dude named Jeremy too. I know a couple white dudes named Jeremy. Do we know any Hispanics or Asians named Jeremy? If he was Hispanic, wouldn't it be Hedemy? 
Harami? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's talk about what this. What is this? Yo, let's this talk racist? about this ad. This is a $5,000 guitar. Yeah. Uh, I can't even read this. Guitar collectors with a frill forte will love this one of a kind. Uh, with a what? A frill forte. What's that? Uh, I don't know. We're not we're not cultured enough to know what that even means. I'm gonna read this. It's in all caps. This can't be that classy of a guitar because someone wrote it in all caps. Okay, continue on. Should I try to yell it? Since in all oh. it's in all caps. No. <laughs> I'll whisper it. Deal of a lifetime. One of a kind. Hand carved. PC rich electric guitar from 1986. The only one in the USA ever made by the screaming leaming for lead guitar player for eighties rock and rock band renegade over 30 million records sold. This pristine guitar was handmade and custom painted by the famous Jim O'Connor. This guitar plays like a dream and no flaws or damage. Original owner ensured this beauty was well taken care of and now can be part of your collection for $5,000. This guitar easily is worth more than twice than this steal of a deal. Please call or text. Jeez uh, Louise. I'm going to post a picture of this. The body of the guitar is in the shape of a tiger. And it's painted like a tiger. Like, it's a 3D carving of a tiger. Right. Uh, single, like, EMG humbucker. Floyd Rose, it looks like. Uh, it's being held by some kind of lady. Some kind of model. Uh, yeah, some kind of lady. Some kind of female person. Uh, and she's she's holding the guitar, laying on the ground, doing, like, the... She's, she's acting like she's going to play it. Uh... This thing looks awful to me. It's really weird. It kind of reminds me of like just the body shape. It looks like something you would find in like. Um, it looks like a decoration from a bad furniture store. Yeah, well, it looks like it looks like a decoration from a restaurant that's trying to be ethnic. Oh yeah. What what does it say? The original like owners? either like a Indian restaurant or some kind of yeah, like Mongolian like restaurant or something like yeah. that. What what does it say? The original owner's name was. Or does it not it say? said it was made by the Screaming Leaming, L E A M I N G. Uh, it was painted by the famous Jim O'Connor. I feel like I've heard the name Jim, o- Jim O'Connor. I know the band Renegade. I do not believe that any guitar played by the band Renegade is worth $5,000. Okay, so Screaming Leaming apparently is a... He's made a bunch of stuff. I, I didn't I never thought to look up Screaming Leaming, but he actually has Screaming Leaming Unlimited on Facebook. It says, I do airbrush work on guitars, motorcycles... Etc. I also do guitar restorations, repair, sculpting, and graphics. Business business only on this page, please. And uh, yeah, he does guitar repair. He's got some pictures of some uh, Epiphones he's restored. And but it sounds like this guy's been around a long time. There's sure. A, I'm not. There's a blog article where I guess he made a unicorn. Whoa. Does it say how much it's worth? Uh. Currently, list this one was 
how to buy it this unicorn guitar how to buy it now on ebay of uh, 3790 3700 uh yes check this thing out It's actually kind of rad because, oh, the, weird. because the neck is the horn. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Well, you could say that it's just a horse guitar, and that's just the neck. No, but yeah, but look a, at the headstock. The headstock's got like a, the twirl, like a unicorn horn. The body is crazy. You need to buy this guitar for your wife. This body is crazy. The, the mane is like the body, body off of the, the neck, and it's got all these cutouts in it. I don't know, man. I think, I, I it's think hard for me to imagine someone on Craigslist paying $5,000 for a Tiger guitar. I think your wife needs this unicorn guitar. Yeah. Well, secretly, I'll be the one who plays it. Well, that's true. The power of the unicorn. Diddly, diddly, diddly. Gosh. I don't know. It's. We've said this about other things before. There might be a market for this guitar at $5,000. Not on Craigslist, though. Yeah. This no. is too funky for Craigslist. It's, it's very uh, esoteric. I think it's semi-local. It's like up in Riverside. Uh, Inland Empire. Yeah, yeah. Sort of Riverside. Yeah. Vista. Sure. But apparently it looks like uh, if we had done any research, we could have jumped on eBay. Steve, why do we need to do any research? I know. We're experts. We're experts. We already know this stuff. We can look at an ad and eyeball it and know exactly yeah, what things are yeah. worth. Exactly. <laughs> Steve's eyes just rolled oh, so hard. <laughs> uh, but apparently, uh, it looks like when I actually, when I searched for the guy's name, it came up with like, oh, eBay. So here we go. We're on an eBay journey. I'm on an eBay journey. We're on a journey, guys. <laughs> Here we go. There's oh hey, there is the is this an eBay listing? This is a Craigslist listing. Uh huh. It's on eBay for four thousand dollars. What? See, I could say uh, it's cheaper on eBay. Four thousand dollars or best offer. USA BC Ridge hand carved one of a shape one of a kind, famous tiger shaped guitar. Um, and uh, let's see if. Any of these things have ever sold? Let's look at completed items. I just started imagining what it would look like for someone to be playing this guitar, and it would look like you're just holding a little no result. Like it would look like you're holding a house cat. Yeah, uh, like you could repaint this to look like a house cat. Oh gosh, <laughs> people would think you were playing a cat guitar. There are no results found uh, for recently sold, but there's also one um, of an '80s skull and bones ask uh, axe. You did it. There you go. Uh, custom built a la Wasp. And this one is actually in Germany. Uh, so this and, guy did they a want, bunch of hair metal guitars. Yeah, they want... Uh, so this is custom-made Skull and Bones ass by Screaming Leaming. Has built a similar one for Randy Piper of the band Wasp. And it's similar... Like you said, it's similar. Um, this article's in... This ad is in German. Half of it's in German. Uh, and they want 55... Five 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 dollars. Five thousand five 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 dollars. Five thousand five hundred fifty-five dollars. Two hundred and fifty dollars shipping. Two hundred and fifty dollars shipping. Well, it's in Germany. Oh, okay. Which it still seems a bit high to well, me. Well, I'm sure there's but... some kind of insurance involved. Yeah. Insurance is cheap, though, man. Really? Yeah, insurance really isn't that bad. Uh, when I sent that guitar 
I mean, it was a few years ago. Maybe it's different shipping to the UK versus Germany, but when I sent that guitar to the UK, uh, I had it fully insured, and I think it's like, I think insurance is like 10 bucks per hundred or maybe even only like a dollar per hundred dollars. Huh. It's not that expensive. Well, that would uh, that would add up after having a guitar that's worth five, 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 five dollars. Yeah, that's true. So I got this notification on Facebook that says today is Megan Lee's birthday. Uh huh. Happy birthday, Megan Happy Lee. Happy birthday, Megan Lee. Even though uh, this is going to come out on Monday when it's not your birthday yeah. anymore. Uh, Do you want to sing Happy Birthday, Steve? No. Uh, I just was going to say that uh, she was our sending the music for episode seventeen. I think something like that. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Um, happy birthday, listener. Yeah. We should if have you, a happy you, birthday song for every time a birth a uh, listener has a birthday. If you want a shout-out for your birthday, visit the Money Zone. <laughs> On a different podcast. On a different podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Okay, should we, we move on we to a topic? We could work that into our shtick. Yeah, we could steal from other podcasts yeah. all day long. Wait, I, have, right. we, I have no we problem got a topic? doing that. Yeah, we've got a topic today from Isaac Vining. Good old Isaac Vining. Uh, I let me say this real quick too. Uh, we did a call out for more songs recently, and uh, Isaac Vining and Cody Thompson. You guys have both been so generous, and you keep sending us songs. Uh, we want to try to keep playing songs from like new listeners or for like people who haven't been played yet. And then I think we're going to have like a one year rule where once yeah. it gets past or, a year, or, you know, if we get find ourselves in a des- desperate place, we will play your songs. You make it sound like if we're desperate, we'll play your stuff. No, you when, know what I mean? Like if we comes, don't have any other option. Yeah. We're just trying to keep it diverse. We're trying to keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, don't think we're ignoring so, you because yeah, we're not ignoring you. We're not. It's not that we're not playing it because we think your music sucks. It's just like if you, it, because we've already played your stuff. If you have something that you send in, and then someone else that hasn't, we haven't played before since something, and we're going right. to lean towards that. Right. Just, again. I mean, thank you uh, for sending but yeah, your stuff. Thanks for your guys' support. We would not have made it to episode 20 without you guys, for sure. Uh, because in those early days, it was there was some... Pretty touch and from, go. Yeah, pretty touch and go at the beginning. A lot of our new listeners have been saying, oh, I'm going to start from the beginning and work my way up. <laughs> we're like, please don't. Each time I'm like... Uh, yeah. maybe start from like episode seven. Yeah, maybe listen backwards, like yeah. reverse chronological you know, order. That's what I do when I find a podcast I really like. I listen backwards, and even though it's like watching Memento, where things get <laughs> revealed to you towards the end, and you like realize, oh, that's what that reference means. Like I feel like you always hit a point with podcasts where you start to get into their older episodes before they had things figured out technically like technical wise. Right. And you're like, wow, this is really rough. But because I'm already like familiar with these guys and familiar with, uh, the format of the podcast, I can deal with it. Yeah. Where if I was listening to those episodes the first time I would be like, uh, I give up. I'm not going to listen to a podcast that is like this. So that's my recommendation. Listen to the podcast backwards. You're really not going to miss that much doing that. Uh, we really don't do that many references. Uh, and when you when we reference something and then you hear it come along, you'll be like, oh, that's what they were referencing. Oh, I get it. 
Okay, on to the topic. This is a question from Isaac Vining, and I think it's a darn good question. I'd almost say damn good question, but I don't want to lose our uh, family-friendly moniker. (laughs) Now you're just making fun of me. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay, here we go. Always on pedals. Some people say, if you need always on pedals, go find a better clean sound. But I say, I really like my tone when I have an always on pedal, you toadstool. What do you think of always on pedals? Go. Well, I would say, some people say you should get a new amp. And I then I would say, some people are stupid. Yeah, and sometimes you should get a new amp. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, a lot of answers to this question. Um, do you have any always on pedals? I have the, uh, so I have a, uh, wow, brain shutting down. <laughs> I have a uh, SBN pedals, Big Daddy Amp Blaster, uh-huh. uh, which SBN is kind of, I don't know what his current status is. I don't think he's making new pedals, or at least he's not building actively. Um, but for a lot of people, that's an always on pedal because it's kind of just this chimey clean boost. Uh-huh. Um, just because I haven't experimented with it, I haven't really used it as an always-on. But um, I think if I used it more and I was doing more like not not lead guitar solos, but more situations where like electric guitar was the only guitar, uh-huh. it might be an always-on pedal. The last time I played electric guitar, I pretty much used my... Um, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I'm sorry. I pretty much use my... Now I know what I look like when I'm on my phone the entire podcast. <laughs> um, I pretty much used my, uh, again, SBN pedals scream, uh, Dual Eagle, which is a double Tube Screamer clone. Yeah. It's two Tube Screamers in one box. I pretty much used one side of that, like the entire set. The only time I turned it off was for one song where um, instead of using that for my tone i used uh the my proco rat yeah and i probably could have just left it on and then stacked my rat on top of it and been fine sure um but i didn't um so uh, i guess i would say i don't really have an always on pedal but it's mostly because i don't play electric guitar enough to have a great feel for what i want to do with my tone yeah what about you uh well here's what i got to say about the question in general uh, there's a the bit about if you need always on pedals, go find a better clean sound. What if you're in a band where you never use a clean sound? Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. Then find an amp with a better dirty sound. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said that if you have a specific sound that you're hitting every single time with your project, and your project is getting serious enough, you should find an amp and a setup that at its simplest does exactly what you want right and then you can add extra things on uh but you know just an always on pedal is always on because it turns out you like it yeah there's nothing wrong with that i think a, a lot of times you know it's easy to say oh you have an always on pedal get a better amp but if that gives you the tone you want, why go and you know hunt yeah. down a bunch of different amps? I mean, ask, when you Steve, can just get, when ask you, Stevie Ray Vaughan. He was always on with his Tube Screamer, yeah. really. Yeah. And, you know, why are you going to go and hunt, you know, maybe... I know Isaac owns some nice amps. Uh-huh. And his always on is the Emerson... I think it's Emerson makes it the EM drive. Yeah. Is that Emerson? Yeah. Um, I think that's his always on. 
And uh, so that's like a boutique overdrive. So why not leave it always on? Like yeah. the idea is that this is supposed to be an awesome tone. That's why you're paying like 150 bucks or whatever for this thing. Sure. Uh, so if it sounds great and that's the what you want for your bass tone, leave it always on. It's 150 bucks. Or, you know, are you just going to try out different $2,000 yeah. amps until you find the one that mimics it? And then when you grow out of your always on tone, you have to buy a new amp. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I have different answers for this in my, in my surf band dinosaur ghost. I definitely have always on pedals. I, right. I'm always running a variation of the DOD 250. I've got an, a, an original yellow box 250 that I run sometimes and I've got the nocturne brain, uh, the fez pedal, which is a clone of a 250. And, uh, I was just in the studio and I recorded basically the whole album, every single track with that pedal on at different uh levels of gain the whole album so that is wasn't always on pedal for me yeah uh i'll use either a reverb pedal or a reverb unit for my whole set in that band why don't you just get an amp with better reverb (laughs) i'm not going to get into that right now but there is an answer uh and then for church stuff i very very rarely go full clean right i'm i'm usually either on the dod 250 or I have the OCD going or some variation of a tube screamer. And a lot of times I'm for church, I'm actually using really heavy drive and I'm stacking drives, right? Like I'll stack a tube screamer with the OCD for like kind of a martially heavy gain sort of sound. And, uh, then I'll have whatever delays and modulations on the majority of time. Yeah. And a lot of it, you know, just depends on, you know, you're playing in a couple different settings, uh-huh. uh, and it really just kind of depends on what's going on. The time when I played, when I went Tube Screamer basically the whole time, um, was because my clean tone is like very chimey, and it sits in the exact same range and everything as uh, the acoustic guitar. Yeah, our, I would definitely say like our church music for our church is very. Um, acoustic guitar driven and then the electric guitar i might be playing like chords and whatever playing similar stuff to the acoustic guitar but if i'm not using like a distorted like a different bass tone a different basic tone or fundamental tone whatever you want to b-a-s-e not b-a-s-s um then uh then it's just going to get lost in the mix it's going to muddy up like the what the acoustic guitar is doing it's just going to sound like we're doing the same thing so that's when, you know, you have to do something to set your tone apart. Uh, and, you know, like you said, the there have been plenty of pro guys that have always on pedals. There's a sure. lot of guys that are taking like the Moore stuff or uh, just different micro pedals and mounting them to like the bottom of their pedal boards uh-huh. where they they know that uh, it's already set to on because it's a it's a mechanical switch so you it's not like it reset like a boss switch always resets right a mechanical switch um like an mxr or whatever or a true bypass switch is all it's just going to be left to whatever you last left it as so these guys put their pedals on the bottom of the board they turn it on it's on until they flip their board over and turn it off yeah um and uh and there's a lot of guys who do that yeah well there was a whole thing when you know external uh, effects boxes were first being introduced in the late 60s and 70s where different manufacturers were making 
them to be in an always on design. You, you remember yeah. like, like a, I think electro harmonics had ones where you would literally, there was like a, a big, a big muff where you would literally plug it into the amp. Like it had a jack coming yeah. out of it and then you would plug directly into that and there was no switch. There was just like a knob. And so it was always on. You always had fuzz on. Right. And this was before they had any, it, it hadn't been standardized what an external effect was yet. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Dan Armstrong was another company that did like that. Yeah. So, so all of your, all of your, I, I can't remember if his was the one that's called the orange squeezer or if it's like everyone else is referencing that, but his original compressor was this little like two inch by two inch box, or maybe even some like one and a half by one and a half inch box yep. that plugged in to the input of your amp. And then you plugged your guitar into it. No switch, just a, just a knob. Uh-huh. And that's the compression circuit that's, that so many uh, compression pedals are trying to emulate. And that was, you know, that was an either in your chain and on or not in your chain situation. Yeah, exactly. So. I feel like we've kind of yeah. hit this topic pretty good and we're running Woo. pretty good on time. We're at 53 minutes. Nice. Uh, do we just want to wrap this one up and let's talk about the song and get out yeah, of here? Yeah, uh, so the song we're going to play is sent to us by uh, David Chote. Chote? I don't know. Koate? We suck at names. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. People need to send us recordings of them saying their <laughs> name and then we'll just play that recording and we won't even try to say it. Yeah, uh, but this song is called um, Save the Che. It is a topical song. And I don't know if I realized this before because sometimes I get people confused. Um, but David is a local, so he's in San Diego. And I'm going to read this article, a little bit from this article I found. So Save the Che is in reference to uh, the Che Cafe, which is kind of a semi-DIY punk. It's a historic venue within San Diego. In San Diego. Yeah, it's at the University of California, San Diego, my alma mater, UCSD. Uh, I So I found this... I found this paragraph and it's kind of goofy. I'm not going to read the whole article because it's super long, uh, but I do want to read this article. This is from Fox News. It's the first thing that came up. Oh my gosh, that's so, the worst so one. I, pun- I punched in Che Cafe, and uh-huh. this is the first news article about the Che Cafe shutdown that I found. And it says, long after his death, Che Guevara, who some revo- regard as a ruthless killer and others adore as an icon of revolution, is teaching a new generation of students about the failure of communism. Oh my gosh. Um, so basically the Che Cafe has been a student run, uh, collective at the, at UCSD. It's been there for 34 years. Uh, it's a vegan co-op and concert venue boasting exorbitantly low prices and volunteer staffing. So that's how they keep their show, like their concert costs so low yeah. is everyone who runs it is a volunteer. And we know someone who's the, who's the main booking guy over there. Yeah. Uh, Dan. Yeah. Uh, so the problem is, according to this article, and I've seen this in other articles. Oh, it's the cafe volunteer uh, told told the foxnews.com. It's the longest running volunteer space in Southern California, if not all of California. The building is covered in murals that document a lot of that history. Uh, cafe reportedly hosted up and coming acts like Nirvana and Green Day. Um a bunch of different uh, staffers would feed band uh, with donated food, 
bunch of different things. There's, there's a long history here. Uh, the issue is that the venue is a money pit. Yeah. Uh, it needs about a million dollars worth of upgrades, like because the building is falling apart. And um, says many students don't realize that the money being spent on the cafe's renovation comes directly from student fees. Uh, so we are collectively pouring almost $1 million of our money into repairing a cooperative that the vast majority of us don't even use. If that's true. Like people at UCSD don't really use the cafe. The cafe is something that brings in the greater community of San Diego. Right. And really a specific segment of the community, like this DIY punk rock community. I'm not knocking that because I was in that for a long time. Sure. Not as a I can definitely or see the conflict and I can see the point of the uh, of the college yeah. of the university being like we don't want to pay for this it's not really benefiting yeah, our students I think basically ba- so yeah so basically what I read in another article they're, they're like like I said I think like half a million dollars in yeah. repairs have to be done and it's like a million dollars a year of upkeep and really like a lot of students aren't really using it I think part of what's going on right now that I don't know if this has happened in uh previous generations um is that a lot of i feel like a lot of the music that i guess it's it probably did happen in previous generations like that the music that the che is doing now is all mainstream so maybe a, a lot of the bigger acts are going in but there's always like a new underground so i, yeah. I guess maybe that doesn't really matter what i've understood so the che is going to operate through the summer it will get shut down with the next school year, like in August or September. Uh-huh. And basically, my understanding is that the volunteers have been told, like, you can continue to book at other venues around campus. You just can't use the Chase space anymore because it's it's effectively a condemned building. Um, I was reading something about, like, the uh, they brought in some, like, contractor service to, like, grade the building. Uh-huh. And they grade on, like, a scale of, like... Uh, like 0.1 to 0.5 in terms of like necessity of renovation 0.1 being like it doesn't need to be renovated sure 0.5 being like it would you'd be better off burning it to the ground Uh i think the chase scored like a 0.48 which is why it's going to cost so much to repair it because basically like they have to rebuild the building it sounds like i mean it's a sad thing it is a historic venue yeah. Uh it's impressive any time a venue of any variety can stay open so long. It's basically yeah. like it's basically like the San Diego version of a CBGB. Yeah, exactly. And and it's one of these things where it's going to be a real bummer that it's going it, I mean, yeah. But the only thing that's going to prevent that from happening, I think is for the people who aren't students because of student turnover, there's some students I know who are who have graduated and still go there for shows and stuff. Uh-huh. But the vast majority of users, uh, I have a feeling, aren't students. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think that what's going on is it's part of a little bit of a culture war where you have everyone at UCSD who's a young professional, right? And then you have the people who are using the Che who are young not professionals well yeah, like they're they're and, you know they're music people and they're not you know they're not studying to become you know physicists or anything right like that. and i'm sure if like the che cafe community 
got together and raised like half a million dollars, the school would probably reconsider their position. Sure. But, you know, I, who knows? I doubt that. I mean, it sounds like it's a condemned building. Well, that building has been like this school's been looking for ways to like shut down the Chafer for years and years. Um, and this is, I mean, this is the most legit reason I think I've seen, uh, on the other hand, like a million dollars. Well, I don't know how much they collect in student fees. Probably so much. I know the much. school budget is super high, but I don't know that in student fees, like, what There's a so much money at is. that school, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of money there. I yeah. just don't remember what the student fee rate. Anyway, uh, so we're going to play this song. That's probably what, like, like 10 tuitions or something like that. Well... Yeah, I don't know. Student, <laughs> student fees is a specific part of tuition, and I don't know what they are right now. Sure. I have a feeling they probably collect something like uh, 50000 probably like fifty, see, 20000 like maybe $500,000 or like, I don't know. Okay. A, a quarter. Anyway, the lyrics to this song are, uh, this is part of the Tommy Johnson Save the Che demo album, I guess, uh, released May 26, 2014, and the lyrics are, save the day, save the Che, let's all save the day. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, I hope you enjoy now. this song. Yeah, enjoy it. Uh, look into the history of uh, yeah, the Che Cafe. Uh, that's a big, like I said, this is a, it's been around in San Diego for 34 years. Our music scene is usually pretty decent. Um and then find out more about what's going on in your local music scene. Yeah, because, see if there's anything in your neighborhood yeah. that is similar and then go support it, you know? Yeah. You don't have to go to the the slick House of Blues or similar venue to watch all your shows. Go to a venue that's kind of dirty, kind of gross, kind of gritty, has bands playing that you've never heard before, and just go hang out. You might uh, You might find something that you like or you might learn to hate. There's nothing wrong with hating music, too. <laughs> That's part of the reason to listen to music is to hate it, you know? Yeah. All right, well, here's a song. This is the part where our voices start fading out and start hearing the music. Uh, see you next episode. Yeah.